0: This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast.
1: Well, we start with quarterback news on the opposite coast. A former top three draft pick appears on the verge of getting cut in the NFL. Good afternoon. Welcome, Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, ESPN app. I'm Aaron Goldhammer with Ian Fitzsimmons, and we are presented by Progressive. Ian, we start with breaking news out of San Francisco, where Sam Darnold is going to be the backup quarterback. Now, we know Brock Purdy is the starter and that leaves the third pick in the 2021 draft, Trey Lance, in danger of, I don't know what, losing his roster spot after he started just four games in the league. This is a bizarre
0: situation. Uh, first of all, he's going to be in street clothes or traded. Those are the options. They're not going to cut him. You're not going to cut the number three overall pick. Right? I mean, just what, you know, three years removed. That's not going to happen. So it's either street clothes uh, or... You're shopping him. But by announcing now that Sam Darnold is the backup, I right. wonder if the value, the trade value, because you've shown your cards to everybody, right. has now diminished for Trey Lance. That, that's number one. Number yep. two for me is this also shows you that Kyle Shanahan is a quarterback damn whisperer. You know, we've seen Robert Redford as the horse whisperer. My mom was a horse whisperer, right? Kyle Shanahan is the quarterback whisperer. Uh, it, it is, I don't care who he brings in, whether it's Mr. Irrelevant or if Trey Lance had stayed healthy. Or porn star Jimmy, leading them to the NFC Championship game twice, right? Or now Sam Darnold and this reclamation project that he has. Kyle Shanahan just knows how to coach up and develop quarterbacks. And we all saw the talent that Sam Darnold had at USC. He yeah. went to an awful situation with New York. I really was surprised that they weren't able to get it right in Carolina. But the, the, the confidence was shot. Now you go out to the West Coast and... And Kyle Shanahan, and he waves his magic quarterback wand, and now he's a backup quarterback with value again in this league. And then on the third part, this is the key for me. Was Trey Lance really Kyle Shanahan's top selection? Is that the guy he wanted three years ago? Right. Remember Alabama's Pro Day? Remember at the Senior Bowl, the Reese's Senior Bowl, where Kyle Shanahan is following Mac Jones around like like a puppy? Like, I, mean, I mean, like, I just want to play with you. wore his face on a T-shirt almost
1: like uh, Daryl Morey <laughs> and James Harden. I mean, it, <laughs> it was it, amazing it, it is, to see. It, there is, to, to your point there, Ian, and let's start with Lance and then we'll get to the Darnold and, and Purdy and Shanahan pieces of this. You know, uh, uh, it doesn't appear that the coach, the coach decides who plays, right? The general manager decides who is and isn't on the roster. He narrows it down to 53, and then the coach decides who's on the field. It doesn't appear to me, based on the fact that the third pick in the draft only played four games in San Francisco, at least so far, that Trey Lance is Kyle Shanahan's guy in any way, shape, or form. And you mentioned trade. Like, I don't know, who, what, who is willing to give anything for Trey Lance right now if the Niners don't even think he's worth being a backup quarterback in a league where the list of backup quarterbacks... You know, it's not exactly the sexiest list in the entire world.
0: Yeah, I saw Josh Johnson on the field for the Baltimore Ravens. He's 37 years old yes. out of San Diego. Yes. You know, and, oh, by the Chase way, he was the emergency Daniel. guy in, in San Fran. You
1: know, again, so, Gabbert is a backup yeah. quarterback.
0: You know, but I it, mean, the the,
1: the uh, uh, Josh Dobbs is a backup quarterback. But Trey Lance th- can't even yeah. make a backup job right now.
0: Here's the thing about Trey Lance and trade value. If you were a team – when he was coming out at a North Dakota State, where he had what I think it was 16 starts or whatever the heck it was, you know, in his career, I mean, just a handful more than Aaron, Anthony Richardson had at Florida, and yeah. at a lower level of competition. But we've seen North Dakota State put out some some monsters. I mean, and, and they have, and that that is a they're churning out NFL talent year in year out. Those guys that were missed, and and, and hanging on to a few even with the transfer portal now. So sure. There were other teams that were very interested in Trey Lance, even with that limited snapshot of college experience. So if you had a high grade on him coming out of college, he had the injuries with, with San Fran, and you still believe that he can be a player, that's the, those are the, the handful of teams that will make a move to go get Trey Lance. But to me, this also goes back to the actual draft yeah. of Kyle Shanahan following Mac Jones around and damn near drooling at his pro day and at the senior bowl. And they stunned everybody by taking Trey Lance over Mac Jones. So that, that to me, I wonder again, and I think Kyle Shanahan has a for him. I know. And I think Kyle Shanahan has a massive voice, obviously, especially at that position. But I just wonder, I, don't, I haven't talked to a soul out there in San Francisco about this because obviously this, this just came down. And when it happened three years ago, when we were on the draft with Mike Tannenbaum at the time, Bart Scott, and myself, we were all going, oh my gosh, I can't, we couldn't believe it. And in the moment that they went with Trey Lance over a Mac Jones, when they moved up, that's who we all believed was going to be the selection for what you and I just described. So. What's, what's the future there? It's Brock Purdy, and now it's a reclamation project for Kyle Shanahan and Sam Darnold, and I am fascinated to see what happens with Trey Lance and what team comes to get him because right now he's in street clothes in San Francisco.
1: If you had to guess, Ian, what's, what are we talking, a fifth-round pick, a sixth-round pick? I mean, it's certainly it's not going to be a two for a guy who hasn't played and is coming off an injury.
0: That's a great question. That that's a phenomenal guy. Now, you know what? I'll text Tannenbaum uh, when when we uh, we pay some bills here in a little bit to see what what would he give up because he's he, Mike Tannenbaum, having been a longtime NFL GM in three decades in NFL front offices. That's a great question for for Mike T. And I, I will even get a couple of opinions off air. You know, we can reach out to Bill polling or whomever else because I, I don't have to, the bottom line is I got to reach out to guys like that, Aaron, because I don't have an answer for you. Sure. Would I give a second uh, a second rounder up for the former? third overall, and I liked him coming out of college and I had a high grade on him, I would. The sample size I, is
2: just I know. so small. But coming out of college and, it was, Aaron.
0: I know, but still, and the injury,
1: but the skill set obviously is there. Here's what I'll say, and if I'm a team that just flat out doesn't have a quarterback right now, if I'm the, I don't know how Washington feels about Sam Howell, But that kind of situation, right? If I'm the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and I just made the decision to put my season in Baker Mayfield's hands, I got to think about a third or fourth round pick, I guess, for a guy who's got that level of talent and that level of upside, because I'm never, Ian, I think, going to draft a guy in the third or fourth round who's on Trey Lance's talent level. To me, even if San Fran hadn't taken him third, my understanding was he was going to be a top 10 pick. Like somebody that they they weren't like going, like jumping out of a tree for him. There were other people that felt really strongly. COVID is part of the reason why this happened, too, because he had a one game college season, right? At North Dakota State. And that was a a showcase game. Yes, he had a season where he played one game in 2020. So without that, then we would have a wider sample size. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. ESPN app. One last thing, just on this San Francisco thing, Aaron Goldhammer, Ian Fitzsimmons, with you. You talked about the genius of Kyle Shanahan. Do you think now they can really win a Super Bowl with Brock Purdy as a starter and Sam Darnold as a backup? Is there a world in which yep
0: make the play? They can raise the trophy yep. with that quarterback? Yep. Win? Yes. I, I, look, man, Brock Purdy. I had him late in the year last year. And I was marveled because I covered him a couple of times and had a few of his games at Iowa State. And the M.O. on Brock Purdy in college was he'll keep you in the game against any team in America, but in the fourth quarter, he's going to throw it to them and cost you the ball game. He was an 8-4 and four type quarterback. Yep. You know? Yep. He would make phenomenal plays, but late in the game, when you really needed him to elevate your team, he'd throw it away. And the other team's going off happy and, and leaving, you know Iowa State uh, with 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 a, with a W and Brock Purdy was damn not again. It was like Tony Romo right in those big moments late in the year sure. where he throw that bad pick. Sure. That was Brock Purdy to Iowa State. He was a completely different guy when I saw him in person late in the year last year. Yeah, I mean when I, Aaron when I say different body language uh-huh. mannerisms behind the bench yeah. commanding Conference. attention yeah. and yeah. a lot of that came from Kyle Shanahan. So to, so, it's not just about Purdy, though, those guys. On the other side of the ball, those dudes are hunters. Yeah, I mean, they don't, they don't want to hit you. They want to hurt you. They remind me of the Seattle Seahawks when they won the Super Bowl. When I was at a game in New York, when the Giants hadn't crossed the 50, and it's in the fourth quarter, and Bruce Irvin was told by a young QC, you know they haven't crossed the 50 yet? He calls the defense together, and I'm standing behind the bench, Aaron, and you're smiling right now. like You're like, what? Dude, I'm t- this is a true story. Irvin calls the defense together and goes, new goal. Bleep the shutout. They don't cross the 50. (laughs) They didn't want to beat you. They want to embarrass you and your mama, right? I mean, it was unbelievable. uh, uh, That's San Fran's defense right now. By the way, the Giants did cross the 50, and they were pissed. But I'm telling you. I bet they treated it like
1: it was a loss. Like a loss. to me, That's San Fran. Th- th- that defense changed Miami's season forever and for always because the Dolphins were flying last year until that game where they had to play San Francisco and the Niners just physically beat them up. I will say, though, I think at some point they are going to need Brock Purdy to deliver in the way that you described his college career failed. He's going to have the ball late in a playoff game with his whole team's whole season on the line. And last year, he just played in front a lot. I mean, he was awesome. He was undefeated until he couldn't throw a pass anymore because he was injured and they had to hand off every play in the NFC Championship. But I wonder what would happen, tie game, you know, down two, two minutes to go, and that pressure really ramps up on him again. There are just other quarterbacks in the NFC that I'd rather have in that position. So I'm going to answer my own question and say no. The Trey Lance angle on this though is gonna be fascinating to see where he ends up now and where his career goes from here. Canty and Carlin, ESPN radio, ESPN app. I'm Aaron Goldhammer with Ian Fitzsimmons. Ian, we've got other drama going on in the NFL. We'll get back to the Trey Lance situation in a little Hold bit Oh, other...
0: I got your yep. answer for you.: Yep. your Tannenbaum.: Yep. you. Yep. to him. Yep. Simple question to him. of yep. Sam little being named the backup. What would you offer Lance if you, if, you little of college? His answer? of yep. Your answer. Fifth rounder. Wow. That's it. Here's the thing, though. It only
1: takes takes two teams who liked him to say, oh, I'll give a fourth. Oh, they'll give a fourth. I'll give a third. You know, so I, I don't. But it's hard to feel what that is going to look like. And again, like he hasn't played. Like I, I, it's almost like I all the NFL film on him, you just take it and throw it all out. It's none of it is significant enough. He started 4 games and in one of them he broke his ankle in like the first drive.
0: <laughs> so it's I get it. And you know what's crazy though, even though you traded it up and 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 used a, a number 3 overall You're still getting the results of a third overall type quarterback with Mr. Irrelevant at Brock Purdy, who let him do an NFC Championship game last year. Say it out loud. It's crazy.
1: He's played as well as the third pick in the draft that they might have gotten out of Mac Jones. Canty and Carlin, I'm Aaron Goldhammer with Ian Fitzsimmons. Ian, neither one of us, I don't think, is in a position to turn down $1.1 million game checks. But I (sighs) guess Chris Jones of the Kansas City Chiefs is, and they need him... As much as they have Mahomes and Chris Jones is part of the reason why they won the Super Bowl last year. He's a big part of the reason. And this contract holdout has gone on and on. He now has implied on social media that he is cool sitting until week eight just so that his contract tolls a year. And missing out on eight $1.1 million game checks if he doesn't get a contract extension – this is the first time I feel like the Chiefs have a little bit of a legitimate fire going on in the Patrick Mahomes era.
0: And good for Chris Jones if he says I can afford it to lose 1.1 mil every week for the regular season. That, that that's a tax bracket I'll never be in, Coach. I mean, that that is that that's a that's a lap of luxury. And a lot of these guys though. Th- they live outside their means. So he may be saying that for posturing right now, but once you start missing out on those game checks, yep, then all of a sudden maybe you can't afford as much as you thought you could. Uh-huh. But like this is a business, and as they said, a new Jack City, City man. It's hey, this is, it ain't personal; it's business. B, and that's exactly what Chris J. wants to be paid as one of the elite guys, and he is an elite guy, just like Sam Martin wanted to, and he he finally got his deal with the Dallas Cowboys. But it's not yeah. just Chris Jones. It's also Nick Bosa. There, there's some monster names yeah. that are still holding out. But to say, you know what? I'll sit till week eight. I'm good with that. You know, more power to him. But I'll tell you this much. The Chiefs are right now, they're not thinking about Chris Jones. Now, management is. Right. But Andy Reid's not. Patrick Mahomes isn't. Steve is not. Steve Spagnola, the defensive coordinator there, is saying, all right, I am I, I am now preparing for life without Chris Jones, because that in the moment is more of a reality than him being there.
1: I would say they could go to the playoffs. I could say they could win the AFC West without Chris Jones. I don't think they can win the Super Bowl again, back to back, even with Mahomes, without their best player on defense. Andy Reid, of course, the head coach of the Chiefs. He gave a latest update on Chris Jones' holdout at a press conference earlier today. Take a listen.
0: There's been no communication, so I don't, I don't know uh, what's going to go there. But whatever happens, happens. I mean, not there. We, the game goes on, right? So that's how it works.
2: Do the GM stuff too. I know you've said you kind of like not being a part of that. But as someone who's a head coach you've been here for as long as you have, you know Chris so well. Is there, is there a way for you to get involved with in this, or you, you just?
0: No, not right now. There's not. Yeah, yeah. So he's got. They got to communicate and do their thing, and there's just been no communication.
1: Canty and Carlin, I'm Aaron Goldhammer, Ian Fitzsimmons. Ian, I, I can't help but think part of the story here, this is kind of what happens on your team when you start getting into your quarterback's giant contract, right? Is that you can't quite pay all the other guys what they want to make, and inevitably you're just going to run into one of
0: these contract situations and also what Kansas City had to do with Tyreek Hill. Yeah, but you've also seen teams win and, and stay a, a contender for years with quarterbacks getting big contracts. You, you've seen both sides of that. So I don't have a problem with what the Chargers did with Herbert or with, with the Chiefs, which, by the way, now Mahomes is a bargain. Just a few years removed from signing that monster deal, I mean, he, he is he's now on the discount shelf. A four hundred I mean, million dollar, dollar bargain. Yeah, yeah, now he's yeah. a bargain compared <laughs> to Herbert. What Burrow's about to get? What Jalen Hurts just got? What Lamar Jackson just got? I think I think right now Patrick Mahomes is what the ninth or tenth highest paid Jeez. annual salary in the NFL. But everyone talks about once you pay that quarterback, you've missed your window. Well, guess what? They paid him what three years ago, and they just won it again last season on that same type salary so you know they, they they made they made difficult decisions Tyron Matthew wanted to stay they, they said no and then they went and got Justin Reed and then after they got Justin Reed that said the safety from the Texans who had a hell of a year last year yeah what happens next Tyron Matthew says man I would have I would have played for that well you, I guess you didn't make that quite clear right. so the Chiefs have been able to Find ways, either what, with exceptional drafts. Did you, did you see their rookie snap count last year? I think Amazing. it was second in the NFL. Amazing. Leo Chennault balls out linebacker out of Wisconsin in a division game. Their seventh-round the, pick, a, pick is a running back yeah, who starts it, in the Super Bowl. Right? Rutgers. Yeah. And <laughs> Chenault barely gets a snap in the AFC championship game. That's how deep and how well they yeah. evaluate talent. So, You're right. I'm not going to put this on Mahomes' contract. This is more on Chris Jones wanting a massive dollar amount that they're just not willing to spend right now.
1: Is it trade in play here, do you think? Could anyway? be. Could be. Hell, man. I mean, we've seen crazier things. Um, could you imagine? I don't know. Someone, I think, would give up a one for Chris Jones. I think that is – I'm fairly confident in saying that. But maybe – you know what? Why don't you do this? Text Tannenbaum. Text Tannenbaum. Ask what would you give what to beat him up right <laughs> and, and, we'll, and, we'll, and we will get to that next also coming up what does sam darnold being named the 49ers backup mean for the future of trey lance and should the cowboys be in the market for jonathan taylor all of a sudden there's action all over the nfl Woo. you've come to the right place canty and carlin and aaron goldhammer ian Fitzsimmons, with you on espn radio and the
3: espn app 10 seconds on the clock how many things can you name that are always growing?
1: If you were a quarterback needy team, would you take a swing on a 23-year-old former top three draft pick? Welcome, Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN app. I'm Aaron Goldhammer. He is Ian Fitzsimmons, and we are presented by Progressive. Time for us, Ian, to bring in an expert, as if we weren't experts. We're experts, but so is he. Dan Graziano is an ESPN NFL insider, and he joins us now. You can follow him on Twitter, at Dan Graziano ESPN. And Dan, let's start with this situation with Trey Lance. Sam Darnold named the backup Brock Purdy is the starter. Where do you think this leaves the guy that was taken with the third pick in the draft just two years ago?
2: I think if you were to make the 49ers a really good offer, you could probably talk them out of Trey Lance at this point. But I think you would have to make them a really good offer because the Niners... You know, as much as any team over the last five or six years are are fully aware of the importance of having depth at that position. They've dealt with injuries to the quarterback position pretty much every year since Kyle Shanahan's been there. Uh, and, you know, Trey Lance is a guy you go back a year, they were willing to to open the season with as the starting quarterback. So you know that there's, there's uh, an opinion uh, in the building, or at least there was at some point, that he could handle that. So I think you'd have to compensate them at a pretty high level in order to uh, to get Trey Lance. But I, I think it is possible at this point. The question is sort of who's willing to give, you know, pay significant value for a player that you're right was the third pick in the draft a couple of years ago, but really has not yet shown the ability to uh, to do the job at the NFL level. So interesting. I, I think there's a number of different ways that could still go, but I would caution against. Um, the idea that they would just be dumping him
0: so i'm with you i I said i I would offer probably a, a second round pick if i had a high grade on him as a gm as a team coming out of north dakota state goldie said fifth rounder so we shot mike tannenbaum a text and you want to guess what mike t said that he would offer right now for trey lance if he were a gm of a team
2: I I don't know. Well, what would he say? I could <laughs> Listen, you you said,
0: you're like, why? Did, why do you bring up, Mike T, to me right now? Damn
2: it! He said a fifth rounder. A fifth. That's he it. Done. That's rounder? it. Your I, reaction. I don't think he would. I think I don't think he would then get the player right. Like that—that's the thing. Like if that's all you're willing to offer, then then I don't know why the 49ers would do that. They're not like the, the, he's on his rookie contract, so really like almost eighty percent of that is already paid. Like they're not—it doesn't cost them anything to hold on to him. Uh, and again, you know, Shanahan's coached there six years. Only twice in those six years have they had a quarterback play more than ten games in a season. Like they they. They got down past the third string last year, right, because Purdy got hurt in the um, in the NFC Championship games. So, uh, yeah, if he's a player that they like and that they've invested something in, then I think having him around is uh, is probably worth more than, than a fifth-round pick would be.
1: Dan Graziano, ESPN NFL Insider with us. Canty and Carlin, I'm Aaron Goldhammer with Ian Fitzsimmons. All right, now we go from a player who might be disgruntled because of his depth chart status to one who's willing to give out... I guess he's saying on social media one point one million dollars a week in game checks to prove a point and try to get more money. What do you think ultimately happens with Chris Jones and the Kansas City chiefs?
2: I still think ultimately they get to a deal it's just It's just been much more difficult than i think um, than I think the uh the chiefs imagined it would be uh, There's a big gap between and just it's overly simplistic way to measure this but in terms of average annual salary between the top paid defensive tackle right now who's Aaron Donald at almost 32 million a year and the second highest paid uh, which is Quinnen Williams at 24 million a year so Chris Jones should slot in between those two but that's that's an 8 million dollar range so there's a lot of room for disagreement um, my understanding is he'd, he'd, be, he'd rather be closer to Aaron Donald than to Quinn Williams, and I think the Chiefs feel like they could probably get it done at something more like the midpoint uh, of that. But so far, they haven't been able to give him what he wants, and, uh, and he's willing to sit out. Now, you know, these guys, these veteran players that are, you know, 29 years old like he is, they're not in a hurry to get to training camp in the first place. He knows the defense. Like, if, he, if this gets settled next week and he shows up for week one, no harm done. But if he's willing to sit out regular season games, um, and again, anybody can say anything on on Twitter or whatever, but if he really is willing to, to sit out regular season games, then it becomes a lot more serious. And uh, the reason he would say week eight as a time to return is that that would be the latest he could wait if he wants to get credit for the 2023 season in terms of his contract and his progress toward free agency. So... Uh, week 8 wasn't just a random number he threw out last night. That is actually the date by which he would have to be on the team if he wanted to uh, to um, avoid you know, having his free agency pushed back a year.
0: Let's go from one star D lineman to another one back to San Francisco. Everybody you've talked to, what's the latest involving Nick Boses as to what he wants versus what San Fran is willing to give?
2: It's like the happiest holdout ever. Like there's no like at no point has anyone indicated that that they expect this not to get done or that they're worried. It reminds me of T.J. Watt from a couple of years ago, and there, there's a difference because T.J. was in Steelers camp the year they were working on his extension. He just wasn't practicing. They would practice, and he'd be off to the side, kind of jogging in the end zone with a trainer. Uh, and then he really didn't join the practices until after the deal got done. The difference here is that Nick Bose is not present at the facility. He prefers, and he stays away from voluntary off-season work too. He prefers to, to work out with his own people, uh, you know, at his home or near his home. So to this point, the Niners have been fine with that, um, and he has not. You know, he, he has been fine with that, and I think you know the last couple of years since they went to the three preseason games and put a lot more room between the end of the preseason and the start of the regular season. We've seen some deals get done during that time. That's a lot of time between, you know, this weekend and the start of the regular season for teams to conduct this kind of business. So I am not worried about Nick Bosa and the 49ers. I think he'll be there for week one. Uh, I was at their training camp. No one seemed worried. I talked to the defensive coordinator, Steve Wilkes. He said, you know, his understanding on Nick Bosa, um, is uh, that he'll be in shape? That he, they're not worried about that. So, uh, yeah, I, I, like I said, happiest holdout of all time. I think there's a, a sense on both sides that it'll get done.
1: The reigning Defensive Player of the Year, Dan Graziano, ESPN NFL Insider, joining us. Dan, the next time Jonathan Taylor carries a ball, will it be for the Colts or will it be for somebody
2: else? I think it'll be for somebody else. I do. I, I think. I think they're. I think this is a player. any luck with running backs. Um, we've seen an aversion by teams to the idea of trading for him and also giving him a contract extension. This is part of the problem right now. The Colts don't want to extend it. So, But I think in this case, him being 24 years old as opposed to you know, 27, 28, like some of these other guys are looking for deals are, uh, I think that, that makes a difference to teams. I think there are going to be teams that are going to be willing to, to, um, to trade something for him and also sign him. Uh, I don't think the Colts are going to get a first-round pick, um, which, frankly, they shouldn't. They didn't even draft him in the first round. <laughs> so I don't know what they're thinking there. Uh, but um, I think I think there will be enough interest, uh, and I think there's somebody out there that would be willing to give him a contract extension. So I would, if I had to bet one way or the other, I would say he's playing for somebody else this year.
0: What about Josh Jacobs with Vegas?
2: I would, if I had to bet on that one, I would say he's playing for the Raiders Week One. I don't, I don't see what his options are. Agreed. So, I'm, yeah, yeah, and they, they, they I, I mean, pretty like, much he put he it out there. They're, not trade. Trading him. they're, yeah, yeah. So, and they can't extend him. Like, even if you traded him right now, his new team couldn't extend him because he's a franchise player, and they're past the July fifteenth deadline. So, he's stuck on that contract no matter what. So, best bet would be to just play and. You know, I hope they don't franchise you again next year. I guess. Well, he is it's worth a heck to be of a running lot back right now. Like it hurts. They don't make any money. Like right. I, it's, you know, it's it's rough. Yeah. It's rough well, out there.
1: Graz, you are worth a heck of a lot more than a fifth round pick to us and to Mike Tannenbaum. That's right. Appre- appreciate the time. Thank you.
2: <laughs> Take care, guys.
1: That's Dan Graziano, ESPN NFL Insider. A lot to digest there. He says Taylor will be playing somewhere else. He thinks. The next time he carries a ball and that it would take a pretty good offer Ian, for Trey Lance to get dealt from San Francisco he might be stuck you know as a third string quarterback I guess coming up what are some of your biggest pet peeves we'll reveal ours next on Canty and Carlin I'm Aaron Goldhammer with Ian Fitzsimmons ESPN radio and the ESPN app
0: And Carlin, the podcast.
1: We have struck a bit of a nerve with Ian Fitzsimmons. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN app. I'm Aaron Goldhammer with Ian. We're presented by Progressive. You want to jump in with us? 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. All right. Ian, I'll give you the floor. Explain to everybody why we are spending time talking about pet peeves on today's oh, right. show.
0: One, one of my things that drive me nuts is also just the term pet peeve. But anyway... So yesterday we had the college football webinar where everybody involved in college football here at ESPN. You, you, you have this. We normally would get together for a seminar in Charlotte, but you know this year we we did a webinar, and so it's two hundred and eighty three hundred people all on this Zoom call, and my, our ESPN radio crew with Kelly Stoffer from the Seattle Seahawks, Colorado State Ram, Mark Kesteshir our play by play guy, John Madani, our producer, we're all in a text chain, you know, just going, hey, that's, this is a good idea for. LSU, Florida State, our game week one, and blah, blah, blah. So I put something out there, and Kelly responded with something he knows is a, it drives me insane. It's like fingernails on the chalkboard. And that is okay. So when you get that text of two letters, this can go a lot of different ways. As Shannon <laughs> is now laughing, you're laughing, and when you hear me on this, because Shannon did it to me this morning, and he knew it being my former producer, yeah, twice, I, I shorted you one, Shannon, I apologize, Right. <laughs> So okay, to me can be when you say something like, "Hey, you want to grab a steak tonight?" Okay. okay, okay, it could be okay, or it could be want to fish tacos. Okay, you know, or, or it's like fine with your significant other. You know, hey, you want me to cut the grass today, or do you want to go to the pool? Which one? You want to go to the pool? Fine. What does that mean? Like I'm lazy now because I'm not cutting the grass or, you know, fine. Yes, you're excited. You want to go to the pool. I mean, it's so okay has no tone and there is no tone of voice, obviously in a text, but you could say, gotcha or yeah, sounds good. That has a tone to it. Right. Okay. Has zero tone. It can go in many different directions. Okay. You're an idiot. Okay. I'm all in. Right. Okay. Dumb idea. And so that by far bar none is my number one thing that drives me insane in this world of communication where we have truly begun to lose the art of the spoken word because of text and email and social media and the Twitter X-Men verse, whatever the hell we're calling it now, world that we're living in (laughs) that spoken tone is gone. And when you send those two letters, like, for instance, I could have said, hey, got Brian Kelly locked down. I'm going opposite Holly Rowe on, in the f- end of the first quarter for access. Yep. So if she goes Brian Kelly, I'm going Mike Norvell. If yep. she goes Mike Norvell, I'm going to go Brian Kelly. And I yep. get, okay. Right.
1: Like, do you Son of a Are you, you thrilled not, with this or, or not? Right. The other problem is, you know, with the text, Ian, you can't read the tone, which my, is part yes. of what you're saying. So mine is, I think I drive my wife crazy with this. I say sure all the time. You know, like, hey, do you want... That's, you like, know, fine! Yeah, do, do, do you do you want steak for dinner tonight? Sure. Like, that doesn't sound... What am I saying? I, I'm kind of saying that I don't. All right, let me give or you... Or you're kind of saying you might be excited about like, it. Like, it's, it's just very difficult to read, which is why if I didn't want steak, I think she'd just per, prefer that I say... No, that doesn't yes! sound good. It's Correct. Just the sure is very dismissive, like it's not even worth me answering this for you, or something. Uh, and I think the okay is kind of in that same,
0: like, there's no enthusiasm. Not kind of. It's the same family, man. I mean, uh, you're playing uh, the same exact sport. As a matter of fact, you are at, at at you. There's two batters in the box right now. One's hitting left-handed, one's hitting right-handed. Uh-huh. On the okay, the sure, and the fine, I am in step with you, 100%. Uh-huh. All
1: right. So let me give you mine, which someone said to me earlier today. I had a meeting at 7.30 in the morning today in person.
0: Okay. Okay. I hate you, Shannon. But that was spoken, so there was a tone there. It was smart Go ahead. <laughs>
1: if you know Ian, text him okay right now. Um, I hate you. So I uh, get to the office. I, the first person I see when I walk in, it's 7.24 in the morning. Says, you look tired. Oh. That doesn't okay. bother me, especially that's, if I am tired. That's like really that. No, to me, it's like saying to me, "You look like crap," without saying you look like crap. Like you think that it's like, like nice. You're in a thirty-hour you know, bender. You're not gonna. No, I have a four and a half-year-old and an eleven-month-old, and I'm having a meeting at seven-thirty in the morning. What do you think? I'm bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. <laughs> I look tired. Thanks. So not only am I tired, now you're also telling me that I look like crap for this important meeting that I have with a new manager of mine at 7.30 in the morning. Okay. Up next, would Jonathan Taylor get a new boss? Would he look tired in a cowboy uniform? Okay. We discuss on ESPN Radio.
2: Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin
0: Podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Andy and Carlin, the podcast.